0: This is Actualize Freedom. Straight talk on growing clicks and conversions on Amazon FBA from people doing it every day. Now, here's your host, digital marketing acrobat, Danny Kenji Carlson. What's up, guys? Danny Carlson here, and we have a really interesting episode here today with someone a little bit different than a typical guest, and his name is Ryan Cropper. He has a YouTube channel of nearly 200,000 subscribers talking about just things that are really beneficial, not just for business, not just for really the you know achieving more of what you want in your life, but just being like a happier person in general, and like understanding. Who you are more, what you what you like, how to navigate your emotions, very useful things like that. and you know while we're probably going to go a little bit a little bit towards the deep end of like uh, quote unquote "woo woo stuff and manifestation and things like that, there's also a lot of things that we're going to be talking about that are just very useful for having more control over your emotions, having um, you know this' greater insight into how to live a, a happy life, I think so if you are a woo woo skeptic, I would uh, try to keep an open mind, and uh, we'll try to we'll try to kind of steer it, uh, you know, in a in a way where even the non woo woo person will be able to get some good value out of it. So, welcome to the podcast, Ryan. How are you doing, man? Thanks for
1: having me. Doing good.
0: Doing good. Oh, excellent. So first, just talk a little bit about, um, you know, how did you end up in Bali? What made you choose to come to Bali in the first place?
1: It's funny, actually. It wasn't. Really- my partner is very good at manifesting things, and so, you know, most of the time I'm sat there I'm working on a video or something like that, uh, some type of project, and she comes downstairs with a laptop and she shows me a location, and she says, "Ryan, I want to go there," and I say, "I don't say no straight away. No, I say maybe, but I have these projects coming up, and well, I have to finish this one right now, and so ask me in like a couple of months." And so throughout the months, she'll be dropping little seeds in my head like oh have you seen this beach have you seen this location near this vegan spot here and I think some way in, in some way it starts to change my behavior slightly and then I get things wrapped up faster I start kind of habitually making plans to go to wherever it is that she's kind of suggesting and then eventually we end up in her location of choice so this is her location of choice the last one the next one is Florida so we'll probably end up there too. And I'm okay with it, because I get to travel the world. I think without her suggesting these places, I probably won't really be traveling that much, or wouldn't have been traveling that much. Work usually gets me out of the house. You know, Clients will pay for me to go to the place and to coach them. And so usually it's the States, or it's pretty much spread out around the world. But that's like two trips a year. With her, it's like, I don't know, I lost count how many places we can go to within the year. So that's what brought me to Bali, and I like it so far. It seems to be like a safe haven, getting us out of all of all of the conflict that's happening in the other areas of the world.
0: Yeah, and I think certainly in Bali, more than a lot of other places in the world, there's a very strong spirituality community, right? And it's like, I mean... I don't know of any other place in the world with more yoga teacher trainings or like, you know, breath work sessions and meditations and those kind of things. So, have you, have you found that it's a really good place for people who want to kind of explore that side of things?
1: Depends on where you're at and, and who you are. <laughs> I yeah. had no idea that this place was going to be a hotspot for spiritual people and yoga places. Seems like everyone has their own uh, business here. Uh, me personally, like a different i'm cut from a different cloth i don't really get along with specific type of individuals and i only found that out once i got here that the spiritual community they're different people and i mean it sounds really bad to say that but i've noticed that there's a lot of behaviors that come to the surface within particular groups of individuals And I've wanted to make a video on this for a while, but it probably get the most dislikes on my YouTube channel. Although I did notice a few YouTubers also mentioning a lot of the personality traits of uh, the people within the spiritual community and how they deal with themselves. And and, you know, why it is that they're actually into spirituality in the first place. A lot of the reasons don't really seem so healthy. Mm. Uh, But I noticed that there was a decent amount of, I guess, Tension between me and, and other people, and it was very strange. It was very strange. I tried to get along with a lot of people. I still kept a lot of friends, but you know, when, when we got here, we ended up meeting a lot of individuals, and you, you have that weird awkwardness where you're trying to feel each other out. For example, I mentioned the the safari park in front of said individuals. Didn't go down too well, obviously, because they were in a Safari Park and they kind of kept there against their will. But they were quite healthy animals and they were muscly, they didn't look like they were starving. We have this image in our heads when we think about captivity. And um, I posted a video of me sitting on an elephant <laughs> on my Facebook page, and I got so much hate. But I did make a video on that. I'm not the type of person who's just going to go to these places and take a bunch of animals because I I really do care about animals too, which is why I went to the elephant park. I think they called it... The, the Mason, Mason Elephant Lodge. Lodge? Yeah. Yeah, my girlfriend
0: and I went there three or four weeks ago. So you know yeah. that they
1: go crazy if you don't interact with them because they're actually... They've been rescued from... I think they called it Siberian... Is it Siberia? The yeah.
0: And, yeah. And that's an interesting point that a lot of people don't consider is that just because an animal's in captivity doesn't mean that they were like living a, a super healthy natural life in their natural habitat right like in in this case in mason elephant park they were all rescued from a situation where they probably would have been killed from um you know at the time they were developing that area the the local humans were developing the area and like they were their default was to kill the elephants yeah. right yeah
1: exactly and so like, don't get me wrong. We throw portion to the wind. Empathically, we considered their feelings, and it took us a while. Like, like I said earlier, we've been here for a year, and we only went like a couple of, year, a couple of months ago. And so, we went only because she told me that they were taken from Siberia, out of captivity, a place, like you said, where they would have died. And the whole park is like a retreat for elephants. It's made to try to rehabilitate their mind. And so, If you don't ride them, they get depressed and they start to spiral and you can see them they're like moving backwards and forwards, they're trying to walk but they're going nowhere. It's really weird Um, and they're they're short staffed and so they need need the interaction from the public. But I posted that and it didn't go down too well and I just realised that yeah. And there's a deeper side of all of it when it comes to psychology. And I think if I was to explain it in a video really well, people would understand and a lot of people would also relate. For example, for those of your, you know, for your listeners out there, they've probably encountered the, as you can say, spiritual persona whereby which a spiritual person would try to level up the person in front of them. You know, so they're mm-hmm. saying, well, I've been to this ayahuasca retreat, I've got how many scars? How many, so sort of scars on my arm from doing cambo and they probably have um, them on their back and stuff like that, or tattoos and stuff like that. And when a person is doing that, this is the first thing that I actually encountered whilst being in Bali, was these people that seem to be having uh, these types of discussions.
0: It's like spiritual superiority is kind of a, a term that's been thrown around, right? And like. Um, so like we're in Changgu right now, which is like the, the kind of like popular hip part of Bali and people in Changgu make fun of the people in Ubud for this exact thing of you know, I am I am holier than thou, I am at a, a more enlightened level than you, which is kind of paradoxical, right? Because like if they actually were, then they wouldn't be like putting off this arrogance and, and that that kind of odd vibe. Is that kind of what you're talking about?
1: As spiritual as they portray themselves to be they're still very much very much a normal person that has problems flaws and bad personality traits and all that's happened is that their ego shifted to one criteria like a different theme and it's just expressing itself through that theme you know you'd have people that are very sexually aroused and not wearing much clothes and then the spirituality kind of became a thing and those same people shifted up to, spiritual, to spirituality and started wearing less clothes and did the same thing they did with the other trend. And so what's happening is they're not actually becoming spiritual, they're just using a different, I guess you could say vice, a different way of expression, well, It was the same expression but just a different theme, which would be spirituality, to express their their wants and their needs, which is coming from a very I would say unhealthy place. Do you understand that someone who's showing a lot of skin, they just want to attract a mate really desperately. And they've probably got it in their head that they can't do that for some reason. So there's a level of desperation there. They go about it in an un- in a unhealthy way when they're doing it a lot and they can't control it and it becomes habitual. And then they end up in a relationship and yet they're still doing it. And then they're wondering as to why all these guys are looking at them. The boyfriend's now like mad. And the girl doesn't want to stop. And she has all these belief systems that says as to why she should keep doing what it is that she's doing. Usually, if, if the guy just calms down, because usually the guy freaks out at this point and they break up. But usually if the, if the guy calms down, the, the woman in the relationship will figure it out for herself. The guy doesn't have to do anything. He'll figure out what's happening. I mean, it's the same thing with, with guys in spiritual relationships. They have to realize that they're in a relationship now and they need to stop looking for other people. And so it's hard to stop looking for other people when you're in a community where there's a lot of, you know, show about the curves and there's, there's a lot of show of flesh and stuff like that. And so it's just one of those things. It's, a, it's like a really hard adjustment.
0: Yeah, and it's an interesting trend that's going on in the world, right, where the, the spiritual practices are just gaining a lot more popularity. You know, meditation, There's there's big, like, eight- and nine-figure companies based around meditation and stuff like that and softwares and... And these like tech devices that are supposedly will help your spiritual practices and all these things, and it's it's kind of an unprecedented time in history, I think, where it's it's reaching a level of popularity that can almost undermine the the real upside effects of a lot of these spiritual practices, right? So like if there is all these large spiritual communities and these uh, large companies behind everything, it it kind of dilutes. The motivations for what you're doing in spirituality and like I think kind of a byproduct of that is some of the people in these communities projecting that kind of odd energy that's almost paradoxical with these spiritual practices and it's it I I get that feeling a lot in Ubud where where I am being judged for not being as spiritual as the other people around in this spiritual group which is such a an opposite kind of feeling as I would expect from some kind of actual um, spiritual gathering. You know what I mean? So, like, what do you think about? Do you think there's upsides and downsides to the the whole spirituality um, popularity growth around the world right now?
1: magazines have changed drastically to accommodate this new trend that people are really falling into and the trend is being marketed towards people who want specific things out of the world. People go to yoga not because they want to be flexible. They go to yoga because they want to hook up with someone. Let's just be honest. Um, Otherwise they wouldn't dress a particular way, they wouldn't be chatting to everyone. Most people have gone to these groups and it really did Upset me. I went to these uh, yoga places, and most people—it's like a dating. It's like a dating. What would you call it? Um, it's one of those environments where everyone goes to hook up with each other, and it's not because they want to be healthy. Not really. You want to look at the main drivers to why people do what it is that they're doing, and people want to get into spirituality, not because they want to become enlightened or spiritual, they want to levitate or go to the fifth dimension, they want to get into spirituality because they want to hook up with someone else and it's easier now because, I was actually talking about this to someone recently, the new template of dating within the spiritual community is different in that it's easier to pick someone up in the dating arena, if you have less muscles, will put it that way. Like, um, if you're skinnier, flexible, have more hair, walk barefoot, have a different name, because some yogi gave it to you. Basically what some people would say in the other, I guess you'd say paradigm or way of thinking, a way of being for spirituality became a trend, uh, this type of person would have been seen as a weaker beta male, right? But now that mm-hmm. beta male's become an alpha because of his stature, how he looks or things that he's into. Maybe he's more feminine. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so those people figure it out. And they might not figure it out consciously, but I've seen them. And I can tell what they're... <laughs> I can see what they're about. And I can I can see why it is that they do things. And I, I'm not saying that it's bad. I mean, hey, that's awesome. They, they're given a chance that people are given a chance to, you know, meet other people that they otherwise wouldn't have been able to meet in a different societal uh, construct, you know, before you had to be jacked, you had to be manly, you had to have a beard, um, you had to be hard and mean towards women, somewhat cold, feeling-wise, and you need to have a group of friends that are also manly, and you need to be a manly person, so you need to be able to use your hands, you know, and Except you have to be kind of a douche to women. And those people in a nightclub setting would win. They would be considered the alpha. And they're not necessarily alphas. They're actually um, I don't know if you would say beta, but like psychologically
0: compensating in some way, would you say?
1: They're pushovers. Like the real alpha doesn't push over the people within their environment. They make everyone feel loved and taken care of. They are strong as well. They can take care of themselves and other people. The perfect example of an actual alpha male is Chris Hemsworth. Thor. If you look at how he behaves off camera, he's perfect. The the dude's great. But then you do have these people within that old kind of societal construct where they try to play alpha. And that's when you get a lot of aggression, you get a lot of fights, people challenging each other and having fights with each other. You don't have that anymore in the spiritual community, really. You might have other competition going on to try to prove who's the most spiritual, manly wise. Maybe who's went to the most uh, masculine retreats, or I mean, I heard that there was a retreat going on where people would speak about their feelings. It was just a man thing, and I couldn't help but notice. And again, I'm 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 okay with these ideas, but I couldn't help but notice that when these ideas are presented to me by these individuals, that there are there's definitely an alternative. A of motive. They're, you know, they're going for Right. Offenses,
0: then. Yeah. And that's so interesting. Like, that's, that's probably in human history, a new phenomenon, right? Like in traditionally, like monks, and uh, they're very small, secluded communities that weren't attractive from, uh, like, I want to go date some hot woman perspective, because monks were not surrounded by any woman, they just locked themselves with a bunch of dudes. So in a way that kept the intention of their practices very pure. Right. Whereas, I mean, I, I I think there's some good things about the spirituality community, too. But definitely, I think one of the downsides is I have noticed the same thing you're talking about where it it now becomes the way to get woman and get social status yep. to be the most spiritual guy walking around, you know, and, and to me, that just has like a weird feeling. Like, I don't I don't know how else to explain it other than just like kind of like. Icky, the icky feeling you get when like when someone's not being genuine with you. I get that feeling around a lot of those a lot of those guys and women too. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, and you can't hide it. It's weird. I think people who are also of that vibration and intention, they allow it. You know, they allow it to happen if someone else is like that in front of them. They're like, oh, okay. I'm allow this behavior because I'm also doing it. I'm also kind of looking for it too and maybe we should go on a date after this they'll say you know and they'll probably spot out some spot out some places to go like vegan places.
0: Yeah and that's like it's I think it's important to acknowledge that that's just a, a driving factor for humans right like I showed up while well, I was talking with my girlfriend about this um, she was a stretching instructor for many years and she definitely noticed like her her female clients when there was a class of all girls, a lot of these girls would be, like, not pushing it. They would, like, give up very quickly and just be complaining because it's painful, right? It's a painful thing to do. But if there's even one attractive guy in the group, then all of a sudden they're just, like, focused. They're pushing. They're, like, you know, they're not complaining. <laughs> they're doing it, right? So, like, it's, it's real. And I noticed this even in myself in the gym. Like, I, I have a girlfriend and, like, very, very happily in a monogamous relationship, but just the fact... That there are other women around, there's just like something about that that I'm not. I'm not going to be that guy who just like doesn't, you know, like wimps out or just like goes on his phone in the corner or something like that because there's the social pressure of having that around. So I think it's important to acknowledge it's a, a human, a human trait, um, but also important to distinguish your intention with with something like your spiritual practices. Is it really because you? You want to gain better emotional control? You want to like, go after those kind of benefits? Or do you just want to boost your ego and, and get laid, right?
1: <laughs> and like I said, I'm okay with the primal urges of the body. I completely understand. But when you're lying to a group of people, when you've entered into a classroom and you're portraying yourself to be a particular way, it's uncomfortable for those who can sense it you know, and I can't imagine it being healthy to a person, because if you're being deceitful, if you're hiding your intentions, if you're doing stuff like that, your frequency is off, and that's going to show up in the body some way or form, or in your behavior patterns some way or form, or it's going to show some shape or form, Uh, and it's also going to show up in your life, like your relationships. Like you said, the women in the yoga class, right? Well, usually within about three or four months of being in a relationship, the real personality comes out. So let's say a guy's in there, likes one of the women, dates them. Now the guy thinks that that person's going to be hardcore, very motivated, every day to do yoga. Three months go by, nah, she's on the couch watching TV. Like, this is <laughs> like her personality. And so when you lie, there are consequences to it. You're marketing yourself to be a particular type of way which you cannot sustain long term. And so, just be authentic. And if you really want to change who you are to be better, then you have to change yourself. You know, If you want to do yoga in order to become flexible, change your motive. Change your motives. You know, don't go for just women. Actually think about your body and think, okay, my hip's kind of messed up. I'm going to actually have to work on that. Then work on it by yourself in your room for about months or six months, just to test yourself. And then, if you feel comfortable, do it at a yoga place, you know. But don't lose sight of your goal It's health. It's it's not women. And that's only if you want to change your motive. If you want women, then fine. But just don't lie about because it it, it's it's weird.
0: Yeah, and and people can sense that to you. I think I mean I think you're probably on the on the very higher end of you know being able to sense those kind of energies and everything. But I mean, if you're a guy. Uh, you, gotta, you better believe that most women can sense that a lot, a lot oh, yeah. more than you think. Yeah. <laughs> and so if you're, if you're being fake and you know, not really authentic, you're trying to mask your emotions and trying to come off as someone that you're not, most women can sense that, right? And like the type of woman that you're probably going to end up with is probably not actually the type of woman that you really want to end up with. But that's a good segue over to manifestation, which is something that you talk about a lot. And first, I'd kind of like to hear You know how would you how would you explain manifestation to a skeptic, right? Someone who's not fully drinking the Kool Aid of manifestation.
1: That's great because I was kind of a skeptic too. I found it really hard to to conceptualize ideas that seem very woo woo and you know out there, meaning they're so far out there I can't conceive or even see where they are. I can't make sense out of them, and so but I had a I, would, I consider myself a healthy skeptic in that I might not understand how something is done back then, but I'm still open to something or a host of experiences changing my mind. That definitely happened. I got a lot of experiences changing my mind, and only later into the years of, I guess you could say, my progression with manifestations, and I finally got it, did I realize how logical and how down to earth the practice was it's very very logical and it's heavily involved with psycholo- uh, psychology be that if you tell yourself or even better put if you make a decision your subconscious mind changes not you I call like you and, and me like, what we're talking with here ordinary awareness uh, there's a part of our psyche that's listening to everything we're saying that is aware of everything around me and around you, and it's constantly on high alert, absorbing information. It doesn't turn off when you become an adult; it stays on, like very switched on. It's like having a person inside your head that's on cocaine. And so, <laughs> when you make a decision, either mentally or, or verbally, it hears everything you're saying. It also pays attention to your level of belief. And this isn't woo; this is very logical. and that, mm. if you don't believe it it's gonna be like, oh, okay, he's probably not gonna put much effort into this new endeavor, so I'm not even gonna try. And what your subconscious mind tries to do is change your behavioral pay- or your behavioral patterns. And so if you say to yourself, I'm gonna, I'm gonna gain a little bit of muscle within the next two weeks to a month, it's very believable. A part of you is like, oh yeah, I agree with him, yeah, we can do that. And then it will start changing your eating habits, it will change your exercise regime, And to you, you'll just feel like you're just getting the odd spur of the moment idea to make little adjustments to things. But really, it's coming from a subconscious mind that's working with you. And eventually you'll gain that muscle, usually quicker than you think, because your mind is very intelligent. It knows exactly what to do and it's actually freakishly weird in the sense that it knows how to make you behave it can make you stand a certain way and say certain things to get a desired result desired outcome and there's, there's nothing's off limits so you can do anything and that's crazy to think of especially if you think of it in terms of who works You can do anything but if you think of it psychologically you've encountered so many people that have been successful even if you never left your house you've just been watching tv you've seen successful people so you know how they act you know how they think You know how they speak, you know how they walk, and you've internalized it. And if you're in your 20s, you've been doing this for 20 years. Same thing with music. If all you've done is listen to really good music and really bad music, you know the difference between good music and bad music. So you have within you the ability to become famous and become a musician to the level or to a greater level than Michael Jackson or someone that you see as being very good at music. It's inside your mind. It's It's just lying there because you just take it all in if you believe that you can't sing your mind that part of you that can show you how to sing or show you what lyrics to write because you can also write music you listen to so many songs you know how to write music Um, if you don't believe you can though you won't get the ideas that part of you that's in control of that system is holding them and just not letting go because you're saying that you can't do it but if you think to yourself maybe I can write a good song and it's like eh and it throws to you a little idea and you get a lyric in your head like oh sounds pretty good and during the process like that doesn't sound good so you you should take it out and and try again try a different lyric but most people they've been kind of conditioned and trained into a state where if they fail or if it seems like it's going wrong then they should just give up and quit so that lyric doesn't sound good maybe I'm not cut out for this who put that in your head It's, it's like you send someone say that and so now you think that you should say that when something goes wrong instead of realizing that it's a process where you try things out until eventually you come up with a masterpiece. And you can do that very easily if you're open to this information that's inside you. So you can do it with weight, you can do it with music, you can do it with making money, you can be very successful. You can make a million a year, you can make a hundred thousand, you can make a thousand a day. It's all based on your belief system. There's a lot on making money that a lot of people don't want to pay attention to it I think because they're very much attached to their personality you know like their personality basically defines their income if they have some type of money blockage or usually it's a whole host of money blockages so perceptions around money that make them feel uncomfortable then they won't make a thousand a day or a hundred thousand a month or something like that and they'll make probably a thousand a month or five hundred pounds Based on how they're thinking. And so that's when you get into vibration. How you think changes your state of being. As soon as you get an idea to make money, you get excited, right? So when you get excited, you get a whole host of ideas flooding inside of your brain. Don't drop those ideas, write them down, you know, and act on them when you can. Because those ideas are coming from a special part of you that's saying this idea could make you this amount of money because I've seen it work in, in the past. I've, I've seen through your eyes, certain people making this amount of money doing these same things. So do it and see what happens, you know? And so it's like the vibration, if you, if you kind of throw out the word vibration, because when you think vibration, you think something, you think of something that's mechanical, something that's moving and it kind of takes away from putting the focus on a state of being. The state of being is literally feelings mixed with different thoughts and also you know how you feel physically because you have emotional feelings you have a physical state of being and you have your mental thoughts that you have throughout the day your mental thoughts dictate how you feel emotionally and how you feel emotionally dictates how you feel physically so that'll determine how much movement you put into a practice if you're dancing and you're really up for dancing you have really good thoughts you know you'll have high quality level of thoughts, you'll say everyone's looking at me, everyone likes this, I'm able to make this person dance, this person's able to make me dance like this, and then you want to dance even more, your body's moving and, and playing off of your emotional state, which is playing off of your mental state and so, state of being is very important, and realizing that you have a lot of information in your head is huge, I'd say for anyone who wants to manifest work on getting rid of your limiting beliefs, which are often adopted by your, your peer group but mainly the people in in your home, so your family first. You take on their kind of poison, psychological poison. They determine for you what you can or cannot do over time. In the beginning you think you can do anything, but then eventually you start to think, nah, maybe I can't do that. You know, I remember when I was a kid, I said I wanted to be a pilot, I I wanted to fly planes. Everyone was all for it, but then I said the same thing consistently for not every single day, but maybe a couple of years will go by, I'd say the same thing to my mom or to my friends. And they'd say, yeah, you you can do that. But then I noticed there was a specific age that I hit when all of a sudden their reaction changed. And it wasn't, oh, you can do anything. It was, oh, I wouldn't get in a plane with you if you paid me X amount of money, you know. And it completely changed. My mom, her demeanor shifted and said, oh, maybe you should work in retail because you can definitely do that. You know, and I was like, what happened to me being limitless? Now you're telling me what I can't do. And it, it shifted and it would put, well, with anyone it would put the idea in their head that they can't do what they want, they can't live up to their dreams, their, kind of their own expectations. With me I was a little bit more stubborn you know. Uh, but I have a twin brother and he perceived all this information very differently. And so he's in a job that has a specific wage that isn't very large. I mean, it's it's okay for some people in the UK. For me, it's not okay. And so, yeah, and it's hard to, co- to try to convince someone. To, it's hard to convince someone to step outside of their own box and to see themselves being worth more than what they've been convinced
0: of, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, that's such a beautiful way to explain that. And I think that there's... I mean, the default kind of human way of looking at things psychologically is I'll believe it when I see it, right? And it's a it's one of the trickier things to really believe it before you can see any evidence of it because that's that's the best way to go about it. You know, maybe you can do it in reverse, but it's much more difficult to do it that way, right? I think there's a big reason why winners keep on winning is because... They've done it before. They have the belief that they can keep on winning. Mm. But how did they win the first time? Right? Do you think that they just like didn't believe in themselves? Like, oh, no way I can do it, and oh, what I actually did it? Wow, I didn't expect that. It's like probably not. Like you, you read the biographies of guys like Michael Jordan, for example, one of the greatest athletes of all time. He knew, he knew he was going to be the best. You know, he, he just had this crazy confidence about him, even, even during his, like, college basketball years and everything like that. Like, he just, it just one of the most powerful manifestors. Like, he knows, he knows the ball is going in the basket before the ball leaves his, his hands. You know, like, just that pure confidence and visualization. Um, and you could argue that you need to see the evidence before you can really believe that. But that's not necessarily true, is it?
1: then they're gonna put effort into it. Otherwise, it's not worth their effort and time. You know, They want absolute certainty, otherwise there's no point in trying. And the reality is, is that's not how life works. Nothing works like that. It starts off with your imagination, then you do it. The chair you're in started off with someone thinking about it, then they made it. Um, I actually had to do this myself to get myself out of that belief system because I had many of the blockages too, the manifestation blockages. And the way I did it was, I said, okay, mind. Let's see, if I can, let's see if I can prove you wrong. Let's say I want to draw something on this piece of paper, something that's never been drawn before. Um, I haven't seen someone do it before. I might have my reservations you know, regarding whether or not I can do it, but let's see if I can do it anyway. So I imagine it, then I draw it. I'm like, oh, that's very really close. Oh, so you can pretty much do it without having seen it being done first. You can draw something out of your imagination. So I, I was like, okay, well, that's okay. But what about this? This is different. You know, I want you to draw this. It's a little harder, and so the mind is like that. It's like proof isn't enough. Like one ounce of proof isn't enough because you're effectively trying to change someone's state and convince them to put a lot of energy and effort into something that they otherwise wouldn't usually do. So it's like a convincing game. And so then I was like, okay, let's draw this character and imagine them and I drew it and say, like, okay, well that's like ninety-eight percent accuracy, and then I got one hundred percent accuracy. I was like, okay. Clearly there's something going on here. And then I thought about my life. I'm very artistic, I make things with my hands. And so a lot of it is imagination first and so then reality. Just kind of figure out that you can apply that same drawing, analogy, that metaphor to everything in life. Not just creating a piece of furniture, but also creating yourself, your personality, its form of expression, its art at the end of the day. You're imagining yourself being in a particular way anyway, then you often end up bringing that forward for example let's say you're about to walk into a public setting and you're like oh those people aren't going to like me they're going to think I'm weird they're going to think I smell funky what's going on there is you've just thought about four different memories of times when people didn't like you and you smelled funky and so your mind takes your past the memory of your past and uses that to try to predict how you're going to be within this now moment or within the future so it tries to predict the future based on knowns within your past but the reality is, is those moments within your past were just fleeting moments. They started and they stopped. And you don't smell the same every single day. And if you do notice that you smell funky, you should take a shower first, because then you will avoid the situation. But Most people who have given up and subscribed to the idea that they're going to put people off, won't even try to take care of their personal hygiene, because that's not in alignment with their vision of failing. And so that's not to self-sabotage. You know? And so, I mean, it's, it's, pretty, there, there, there are, it's pretty terrible. There are a few ways to stop yourself from being socially awkward too in front of those situations. Most people have social anxiety. You can first off, before you go into that environment, you can notice as to how you're screwing yourself up by looking at examples within your past where you've been socially awkward and identifying with that. then like, oh okay, I can see it happening in the moment. I'm unconsciously manifesting. Great. Let's change this completely. So you would imagine yourself walking in there with confidence and everyone liking you and you're making them feel, com- you're making them feel comfortable, right? Uh, what happens is, is your mind can't tell the difference between your imagination, what you're creating out of thin air, and a past event, a past memory. So a part of your subconscious mind thinks that you're actually confident and that you're actually good at speaking. And then you go into the room after imagining this, you'll notice your behavior shifts. People like you a little bit more. And the thing is, is most people identify with the memory of their past. But what they should be identifying with is the thing that's changing all of the time. It's changing its behaviors. Because that's what you actually are. And your behaviors are learned. Like I said earlier, you're copying them from people. Because it makes sense to. It makes sense to be, let's say, aggressive. If you grew up in a household where all you saw was the male figures in your family being aggressive under certain situations, under certain circumstances. And so when you're placed in those same circumstances, now you act aggressive. That's not you. That's not your behavior. You're copying someone else from your past. It's just people do it for so long that it becomes a habit, and then they start to identify with it. And then the worst thing is, is other people start to associate that person as being a violent person. That's just not them. So now you get judged based off of how you've been impressioned, which is very unfair because every person who's alive right now and who has ever existed is really a blank canvas and they're just kind of operating out of a specific model. And so you can change the model and you'll start to change your relationships and everything. Uh, and your whole awareness opens up too as to how you can do that. Like there are so many other ways, going back to the yoga thing, of attracting women. Women that will actually be of your vibration and that will, that will actually be intimate with you other than trying to do it in a way that's marketed to you by society it's like, hey, don't do what you feel like you should be doing don't do what feels right do this instead, it's, it's more shiny it's, it looks like it's getting more results for other people you know, because you're seeing all of those backsides bending over and, and say downward dog and stuff like that people are focusing on materialism they're focusing on the image of it and thinking that that's the way forward instead of going from in to out If you were to sit with yourself and think, okay, I want to manifest a partner that's exactly like me. And I'm going to do it the way that I want to do it, not the way that the world says it has to be done. You might find yourself being more you, going to more of the places that you like to go to, like gyms or, and and not for those reasons, of course, like attracting a mate. I guess that way of attracting people has been marketed heavily as well. So let's use a different example. Maybe you'll go to the library more. You're actually the type of person that likes to read, um, or maybe you'll spend a little bit longer at a cafe, like it's a Starbucks, because that's what you generally do anyway. What's happening is, is you're making the connection. You're making that connection, which is by you being yourself and putting out that frequency. You're going to be putting yourself in a similar environment to another version of yourself. In that way, like another person that's also going to be like you, and then. Is, is, is the easiest is the well, one I say it. well yeah here's the best part about all of this it's really easy to sweep to someone that's like you it's like, super easy there's no awkwardness there's no oh crap what if I say this and they judge me you're not thinking about being judged if they're like you you're thinking oh they're into the same thing I'm into cool and then you're like <laughs> I mean your conversation can go into so many different areas but there's no fear of judgment because they're like you and most of the time guys do this by accident and they end up Friend zoning the people that are right for them because they're in that cafe and the person speaks to them having a conversation and then okay that person's my friend and I don't see them as my partner because I didn't attract her in these other ways that have been kind of marketed to me and so I guess they're not for me because I'm supposed to get a woman at a nightclub or a yoga uh, retreat or an ayahuasca retreat which is the new one
0: yeah, <laughs> uh, so. met at an ayahuasca retreat. Yeah, we're sharing the same puke bucket next to each other. <laughs> yeah,
1: and so it, it's it's it. Uh, I mean, I try not to get worked up about it all of this. I've done a very good job, but at first we'll see. It really messed me up for like four months straight. I went dark, super dark, and it messed it messed with my personality. I had to change something because I was like, I can't be like this and work. I couldn't be like that and work. Because it was ruining my relationships with people, that I was meaning. Oh man, I was at a, I went to a, I went to a, what was called it? It's not a retreat, but it was a ceremony. It was a plant medicine ceremony. They were using THC, so oil, weed oil, cannabis oil. And I was at like, I was in the thick of it. I really was fed up. I was fed up with all of it, the, the whole charade. I was tired of it. I was exhausted. And I was sat there and I just, I didn't make eye contact with anyone. I was so rude. I was so rude. And it was horrible. Rude. And I was like, I don't want to do that ever again. My partner brought it up to me and she was like, you're really rude. And I apologized. And then I worked on, okay, the main issue. What's the problem here? Well, I am i have a problem with people being fake and trying to deceive people. That's the problem. So I had to be okay with that, which was weird. It sounds crazy, right? You have to be okay with what you're saying. <laughs> but um, <laughs> the way I fixed it was... I had to see it from their perspective. I mentioned earlier that everyone has needs and they've just gotten the wrong idea as to how they're getting or going about their needs. It's perfectly acceptable to attract a mate and stuff like that and to do these things. When I see it in a different light in that they've been manipulated or at least they've just gotten the wrong idea or misunderstood something or that they've had a string of bad days and so vibrationally they're pretty... Uh, upset anyway and when you're upset you get miserable and angry and all these other emotions come up out of that predisposition you end up making choices that aren't so healthy you know like deception and stuff like that and so when you look at it like okay they're just damaged and well really okay maybe if they weren't so damaged they would be better people and really it's not really a choice You know, it's not a choice for them. If anything, they're, I would say, impartial victims to their circumstance. Like, a large part of them isn't aware of what they're doing. A large part of them isn't aware of how to navigate their emotional expression, how they are. A large part of them are healing. And so, of course, when you get a lot of people that are healing within the spiritual community, you get uh, people that are very agitated, angry, upset, all within the same space. And their behaviors are gonna seem off at times, but it's perfectly understandable. Like you can, you can get it. And when you get it, you no longer have a problem with it, you know? And then your behaviors change so that you don't end up mixing with that group. Because otherwise, because this happened as well, their problems become your problems. Their mm. superiority complex becomes your superiority complex. Even if you have no reason to do that. They'll convince you that you need to do it because you'll feel insecure around them now because they've said hundred and one things that make them feel better than you, and they're basically convincing you that you're less than them, and so now you feel like you need to boost your self-esteem, and now you've been pulled into it, and so.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a really tough one because um, I mean I I think there's a lot of benefit to like you know these spiritual practices for healing and everything like that, but like you said, we're sensitive beings, right? If we're if we're Surrounding ourselves too much, or immersing ourselves too much in that whole healing process of other people, <laughs> there, there's kind of like that tribe mentality of like, oh, I also need to be um, vulnerable. I also need to kind of like share all this, all this crazy stuff, or you know, maybe I'm also a victim of this thing this person's struggling with. It can be very heavy surrounding yeah. yourself with with that too much. And I've definitely noticed myself um, like I don't I don't go to as many of these kind of spiritual events anymore because i i find myself questioning my own life and happiness a lot more just because i'm surrounded by a lot of other people who are who are doing the same and going through their own healing process so um i totally i totally agree with you on that yeah
1: you end up having problems that you didn't have when you walked into the retreat which is horrible (laughs) and you try to heal those because you're convinced that they're your problems it's uh it's so bad but I think, you know, having podcasts like this and having people who openly speak out about it um, will shine a light on this this aspect of people's behaviors. And then maybe people will start thinking about whether or not they should go to retreats long-term. Short-term, yeah, but I'm an advocate of small gatherings or just single gatherings, doing it by yourself, you know. Um, and then maybe, yeah, maybe everyone else will start to change the behavior but usually people need motive to change the behavior like it needs to be greater than their motives to procreate which is hard like so (laughs) hard
0: true that's a a tough one to overcome there but ryan we're at the end of our time here for the podcast it's been really really interesting the the places that we went on this podcast here but if people want to learn more about what you do and uh, maybe see some of your your content that you put out there on these kind of topics where's the best place for them to do that
1: ryan cropper the youtube channel best place has all of them pretty much all of them other than courses it's there's a ton of information on there yeah
0: yeah and i'll put a link to that in the show notes guys uh, i've consumed a bunch of ryan's content it's great i've got some of his courses as well very helpful things so um Definitely recommend checking that out. That'll be at the show notes, dannycarlson.co. And thank you so much for coming on here, man. Really appreciate your time.
1: Thank you. It's been fun. Thanks for having me. Boom. Awesome, man. Boom. I started a ton, but...
0: For show notes and resources mentioned in this episode, visit KenjiROI.com.